Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hi, I'm Ryan Meeks, and after years of trying to make life work as a struggling artist, independent filmmaker, and musician, I thought to myself, hey, self, wouldn't it be helpful to ask other artists how they're finding their path in this world? And so now, that's exactly what I'm doing on a bi-weekly basis. Welcome to the Path of Art. Today on The Path of Art, we have Kelsey Edwards. So Kelsey Edwards is an actor, actress. What is the proper term now? I think either one works. Okay. <laughs> She's a person that does acting. <laughs> actor is gender neutral, but I mean... All right. I'm, I'm an actress. I identify as female. So. Okay, awesome. So she's an actress uh, originally from Utah, mm-hmm. and now she's in L.A. She's doing all sorts of projects. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Kelsey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. I'm, I'm happy to be here and uh, excited to talk about the path of art. Yeah, uh, <laughs> specifically your path. So uh, let's just kind of do an introduction, like a kind of long form here. Uh, what what uh, projects um, have you been on that, that are your most notable projects? Well, I feel like um, I started... Oh, and really quick, she's also yeah. a musician. I forgot to mention that. That's true. Actress, musician, <laughs> right. I create content. I, I do like a lot of different things within the art okay. world like so, videos and stuff but right so what what is your most notable uh thing that you've done i think the first thing that comes to mind is when i was 14 years old i was in a movie called minor details mm-hmm. that is you wouldn't know about it unless you were like a teenage girl at that time mm-hmm. but in that like stretch of time minor details was like a very loved very um, yeah, like teen girls loved it. They watched it all the time. It had um, Jeanette McCurdy from iCarly. So it was like at the time it was like, wow, this is a fun movie. So that was probably the the one that um, made the biggest like impact in my career. I was 14. So it was like, you know, right. one of my first like really exciting like wins in my career. And mm-hmm. um yeah, it made a big a big difference moving forward. There are still people that love that movie. <laughs> like, well, that's great. That's what so you want, weird. right? Yeah, but like I'm on TikTok and I'll scroll like every now and then I'll just look at like minor details hashtag, mm-hmm. and there's still people making like videos about this movie that's like 15 years old at this point, right. which is funny. So, well, that's great. And so, what is your most recent work? What are you working on now? Yeah, I'm working on a lot of different things. Um, I. As I, I started as an actor, and so I have, like, I just had a film that just came out, like, two weeks ago um, called The Counterfeit Kid, which I'm one of the leads in that, which is really, really fun. And uh, you don't always get the opportunity to play a lead, so when you right. are, it's like, yeah, this yes. is so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, like, a Western film, a Western comedy. And so that just came out, and it's in the festival circuit now. Okay. And, um, yeah, I actually just got nominated for Best Actress in that one, which is, like, really, like, oh, a huge. I was like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> I haven't been nominated for anything since Minor Details, so that was, like, a really exciting win for me. Um, But, yeah, so that one, and then um, I was in a movie a few years ago called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. That Mm -hmm. was uh, 
Jim Cummings and MGM like distributed and stuff. And that was really fun. It was actually filmed here in Utah. Okay. But the whole like cast and crew and everyone's like LA based. So it was the last thing that I did in Utah before I moved to LA. Mm -hmm. And so how long have you been in LA? It's been about four years now. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. So it was, that was like pre you went just pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wow. moved April of 2019. And when I say like move, I'm still in Utah all the time. Like I'm here right. pretty much every month. But um, yeah, I, I've been there for like four years, April 2019. And the pandemic hit like, yeah, seven, eight months later, mm-hmm. <laughs> nine months later. Right. And so as an actress and musician, I mean, how do you balance time between that because you're actively still writing music yeah and acting so how do you balance that well i feel like um one of the things i had to or one of my biggest issues with that early on was that i felt like i couldn't do both Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i felt like i had to choose and there's like this whole culture of like choose one thing you can't do both and eventually i had to tell myself like I had to really understand that it it's okay to do both it's okay to do to do more than one thing and so just first off giving myself that like allowance to do more than one thing mm-hmm. allowed me like the freedom to balance it better because I was putting so much pressure on like do one thing do one thing you know mm-hmm. then then it would be like all acting and no music or like all music and then no acting mm-hmm. and it's like it's really it's okay to do more than one thing which I want to talk about that more later on but um just the journey of like finding room to balance so it, it it comes and goes. Like I released a song in October and that, you know, really meant a lot mm-hmm. to me, but I haven't released a song since then. I've been writing a lot and I just took a trip to Asia. So there was a lot of like creative time on that trip and I have a lot of new songs that I'm interested in. But right now I'm also really focusing on my film career. Like I, I'm wrapping up a short film that I did last year and I am um, filming another movie next month. And then this other movie just came out. So there's like, it kind of like, I feel like it's in waves and mm-hmm. I've just learned to be okay with that instead of stressing. Right. You know, and, and what goes into producing music and film, it's a lot. So much. It really is. And so, I mean, I I find myself in a similar predicament when I'm, you know, when I'm trying to create a film or a video and then trying to focus on, you know, my music. It's it's very hard. Like, it just seems overwhelming at times. There's a lot of parts. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. And, yeah, there's a lot of parts to both processes. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, what is... Your creative process uh, for creating music, Mm -hmm. like how do you get started on on a song? I feel like it's been different for for every song. Some of them, like my most recent song is called Life in a Box that I released that in October. That one is, I I wrote that on an airplane, like I was traveling to Singapore to perform at this gala there and I wrote the whole song. It was been like a concept that was kind of swirling around in my brain and it just like spat out on paper and it was like, oh, (laughs) there's a song, you know? Mm -hmm. And then after that, I took it to Mike, who is like my, we write together. He's my producer. We work together on pretty much everything. And so he helped me kind of like, well, let's organize some ideas or let's move this section over here. Like he helped me kind of rewrite some areas to make it flow better. And then we collaborated on like the production of it. And like, I knew in my head what I needed it to sound like. I had a really like strong idea. And yet also, that's the beauty of collaboration is like they mm. the person you're collaborating with is going to bring so much more than you could ever. Right. Have a different perspective. Yes. Right. Yeah. So um, he and I work really well together and we like bounce ideas off. We'll try this instrument. We'll try this drum. We'll try this guitar. We'll try this chord progression. You know, I'm like, oh, I like that. Or that's almost there. And then it just takes time. Like we mm-hmm. worked on that song for 
almost nine months, I think. It was a pretty lengthy process. So for, so for one song, it was nine months. I think so, if I remember wow. correctly. And it's not always that long. Like, we mm-hmm. both had things come up in the middle of that. But, um, yeah, it can, be, it can take some time, you know? Um, and you're just, like, trying things and, like, oh, let's... We had to redo my vocals at one point because we're like, actually, I think this would sound better if I sang it this way. So then you go back to the studio and you, like, re-record. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of trial and error and a lot of patience that goes into it. Right. And at some point, too, you have to decide, like, let's stop changing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> we could change this forever if we, if we don't oh, stop man. ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I heard a phrase when I was in painting and drawing school that uh, art is never finished. It's only abandoned. <laughs> that is a really good Good yeah. way to put it, right? Good way to it's put like, it. <laughs> okay, it's, it's good enough. It's good okay, enough. Just leave it. So, uh, speaking of that song, uh, uh, Kelsey is. Uh, given us uh, permission to show her song mm-hmm. on the show. So we will check out right now Life in a Box by Kelsey Edwards. I'm really happy. Got people I love. Cool things keep happening in the city of luck. But I got.
Very beautiful. Very good song. You can feel a lot of emotion in that. Uh, one of the things that I noticed about it is it's a waltz. Oh. It's I... a three, four timing. Okay, that's cool. And so in a waltz, you go one, two, three, one, two, and you create a box yeah, yeah. as you're oh, dancing. Wow. Oh, mind blown. I never thought about that before. Wow. One, two, three, two. I was, I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask, is that, was that like a purposeful thing? Uh, no. no. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. genius. Man, somebody should do a waltz to that song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, awesome. yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a box. Let me think about waltzing. Yeah, you kind of make it a is box. It is a box. With your, yeah, the yeah, box yeah. step mm-hmm. is like the basic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Do ballroom, so. <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, yeah, very good. Um, Thanks. Yeah, and so I mean, it's uh, it seems like a song about moving forward in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think we can all relate to that. Yeah, you know, and I think that's the thing is like life is so full of changes, you know, and like maybe this is a change that I personally am going through, but like other people are going through their own changes and their Mm -hmm. own lifestyle shifts or beliefs about, you know, anything really, whether it's about a church or whether it's about politics or whether it's about your family or we're always going through transitions. And so Mm -hmm. this song for me was just like, Hey, I'm going through this transitional moment in my life and I want to be able to share with you. And, um, you know, I think vulnerability is like, there's power in vulnerability. And that's, that's what I love so much about art. And that's what I've really learned about this song. It's really scary to share a song like that. <laughs> like I mm. almost had like panic attacks, like, Oh, like what if people hate me? Like what if no one wants to be my friend anymore? Like right. what if people, you know, lash out at me or, or don't understand what I'm trying to say, which is that I'm, I'm filled with love, but I, I don't, um, I'm making a different choice now, but I still have so much love for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, what if people don't understand me? But I've I've learned just through being an artist that like the art that you're the most vulnerable is the art that will make the biggest impact. And I've, mm-hmm. I've really learned that through this song, too. So, well, uh, that's really good insight there. And uh, and how so, I mean, there's there's so much work like creatively and uh, I mean, physically just go in the studio every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with acting. You got to be on, on set all the time. Um, and I, I think that. From here in Utah, where there's not like such a huge industry for, I mean, there's an industry and the industry does come here to film things mm-hmm. and and stuff. I, I find it difficult to navigate it. And so if you're staying in, in Utah or I mean, even in like, I, I'm sure other states, you know, in, in the uh, United States can identify with this where there's creative people mm-hmm. that want to do film music but um the industry is like in nashville or it's in la or in new york uh, how do you how do you navigate around that navigate around um not having the industry close to you yes yeah i think that's a great question well obviously <laughs> I, I chose to move to la to solve <laughs> that problem but i actually really do think that utah has a a huge amount of opportunity. Mm. This is such a great place to be. If you're not ready or you don't want to make the leap to LA, some people never want to go to LA. Mm -hmm. Like this is a really great place because there is such a thriving artist community in Utah. I mean, the music scene in Provo blows me away. Mm -hmm. Like some of the most incredible musicians that we know of, you know, like Imagine Dragons, Neon Trees, Neon Trees, people who are like names in music now Mm. started in Provo, started at the Velour. So it's like, if you, want to have like your legacy be from anywhere what a great place to start out there's so many talented music producers here there's so many talented artists writers 
Um, there's a lot of talented filmmakers. We have Sundance, like one of the biggest and most reputable film festivals in the world, you know, in Park City, Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, I really think that Utah is a wonderful place to do art. But if you're in a position where you don't have access to a lot of resources, um, I think that you'd be amazed at the power of social media these days, you know, Mm -hmm. like people can, I just finished a collaboration with an artist who I actually don't know where she lives, but I think she lives on the East coast. And we, we did like a virtual collab where like she's having a bunch of artists, um, you know, sing in a choir and everyone's spread out all over the country. And we all just sent our vocals in and she mixed it and it'll all be like one song, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you're not close in proximity physically, you can do a lot with social media, with collaborations, with making friends and, um, recognizing that like, at the end of the day, the art that you have, it lives inside of you, whether there's anything outside of you to like share it with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that honor what's inside of you and then find ways to like bring it out if it doesn't, if your environment doesn't suit it, you mm-hmm. know? So. Right. And maybe part of part of that is finding the right environment here, you know? Sure. And uh, finding other people with um, with the same interests mm-hmm. and that are that are wanting to help out. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Kelsey. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Path of Art. We're here with Kelsey Edwards talking about her career um, just some great things that she's done. Uh, we went over a song that was just, a, it was just amazing. And, <laughs> and we even, uh, uh, found a, a hidden, like just a hidden message in it, the, the waltz, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. so, so Kelsey, what got you istr- interested in acting and in music? Was it something that when you were a kid, it just came naturally to you or was it a mentor or? That's a great question. I would say it's a combination of both. My mom grew up in in doing theater. Like she did mm-hmm. musical theater and that's how I started acting was in musical theater. So when I was a kid, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas and I did a bunch of like talent shows. My mom my mom would have me on stages at like 5 years old, like singing songs that she had like rewritten, like songs from Sound of Music that she had changed to match like my age and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So she was having me doing talent shows and runway modeling and all this stuff as a kid. And I started doing musical theater and really loved it. Like, I've always been a singer. I've sung really since I could talk. And so musical theater was a nice way to, like, blend those talents, like wanting to perform and be on stage and also wanting to sing. So I did musical theater for, like, five or six years, um, pretty straight. And then when I was I – actually, when I was seven, I did my first movie. Um, a movie came to Texas, and my mom was like, let's, let's have you audition, you know? And so I did, and I booked a role in it, and – um that kind of like set me on the path of like, I love filming. I love mm. movies. So I, I kept like doing musical theater for for a few years. And then I realized, actually, I think I like filmmaking. Like I, not filmmaking. I was 10 years old. But like I like um, like acting in films and TVs and TV shows like better mm. than musical theater. I just enjoyed it more. So, mm. yeah. And so uh, that got you started. What what got you on your career path? Like what, what was something that um, 
kind of pushed you in the direction of this is what I'm going to be doing when I when yeah. I grow up. It's so crazy because everyone's like, wow, you're an artist? Okay. You know, there's like so much <laughs> judgment towards that. And even as a kid. Well, I, and concern. And there's concern. always the concern. It's it's like, well, yeah, it's rough, but <laughs> let me do my thing. Anyway, right. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. No, And it's coming from a place of love. Like I recognize right, that, right. you know. But um, yeah, even as a kid, my mom would say like, this is something we do as a kid. This is not something we do as an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very hard to be an actor yeah. as an adult, you know. Um, and I, I didn't pursue my acting career for a good chunk of time. I took a break um, like at like 15 or 16 after minor details. My family was going through a lot. My parents got divorced. We moved to Utah. It was just like a very whew, crazy time. So I mm-hmm. stopped acting. And then I kind of picked it up again in college. Um, I went to BYU. And it was... <sighs> I just kind of realized in that time that I was at college, I was studying for a degree, I was working like a nine to five desk job. And then I went to travel Europe for five weeks. And when I came back, I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, I don't think I want to do any of the things that I've like set myself up mm-hmm. to do. Like I have, a, I'm almost done with college. I have a, like a bachelor's degree almost. Like I have all this experience in social media and marketing and public relations. That's what I was studying. Mm-hmm. And yet I don't want to do it. So mm-hmm. I just want to be free, and I, I love acting more than I've loved anything, really. And it's the one thing that I can do every day and not get tired of it, and music, and, you know. So that transitional period after my trip to Europe and while I was near the end of my college experience, I was like, I think I'm going to make a leap. <laughs> I think I'm going to do it. Um, and I'm so glad that I did because I've, I'm so happy. But, you know, yeah, it, it's a little scary at that time to, like, decide to pursue your dreams with right. everything you have, you know. Right, especially so. with, with all the... The uncertainty, you know, there's there's a lot of that in art. Totally. You know, especially with, you know, kind of what we talked about earlier. It's like, where do I go to do this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> type of thing. And so uh, what, I mean, what would you consider your, uh, your first success when you started, when you decided, hey, I'm going to do this as a as a career was uh, was it on the music side acting side or both yeah it was kind of both I mm-hmm. I had this like period during like 2018 when I was still living in Utah where I was making music videos and I was doing covers and I was doing collaborations with a bunch of artists and I was doing YouTube and I was like singing at like conferences and singing at events all over Utah like mm-hmm. and that was super fun for me that was like oh oh this has legs like I could I could keep doing this I had an opportunity to um, speak at like schools and I, and that I loved because a lot of my career now is like helping teen girls like develop confidence and, and just talking about like self-love in general. Mm-hmm. So I got to work with some kids at schools and sing and speak. And I think those experiences when I started to get some momentum, I was booking a lot of commercials in Utah. I was like I was working a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, those experiences like kind of helped me realize like, hey, if you if you take a leap it's going to be okay. Like, and and this is a journey like this. I always compare an acting career to like the Olympics, you know, like this Mm -hmm. is not an overnight thing. This is not something, and and same with music, you know, this is not something that we just like, Oh, well I just made it to the Olympics. Like, cool. You know, it's like, I I will spend my whole life pursuing this and and Mm -hmm. that's okay because I love it enough to do it. And I love it enough to take the risks and create my own things and forge my own path, you know? Um, But yeah, those experiences like Mm -hmm. really gave me the confidence like, okay, yeah. So did you have, um, when you decided to take that leap, uh, did you have some kind of financial nest egg that you built up or were you, or is it, is it always just a, have some kind of job to support the art? Is it? That's such a great question. I think that's the biggest problem for most artists, right? Is like, how do I pay my bills with this stuff? Correct. 
Um, for me, I mean, I was making money from my skills. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, I was like, and I'm talking about like 2018 specifically during that time frame when I had like graduated college and made the leap. I was still working a, a desk job up until 2018. I was working at an ad agency. And then in 2018, I was just like, I'm going on my own. I'm doing this all by myself. And I was booking work, yeah, through singing. I was booking work through speaking. I was booking work um, through commercials. So I, I had like several like streams of income, several paychecks that were coming in. Mm-hmm. I also had um, at the at the beginning, I'm an entrepreneur. I work for myself even now. Mm-hmm. But um, at the beginning of this journey, I was really not sure like what that looked like. So I was dabbling with like, Oh, do I want to start maybe an ad agency? Do I want to start like um like doing funnels for businesses? Like I had a bunch of ideas that I was like, how can I take the skills that I've just studied for four years, but still work for myself and like pursue my own careers? Mm-hmm. So the short answer to your question is there was a lot of experimentation at that point, and I just I just remained committed to the idea that I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to pay my own bills through like my own efforts so that I had the freedom to act, so that I had the freedom to do music, so I have the freedom to travel whenever I want. And that's kind of been my my MO ever since then. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've been self-employed for five years and, and I'm so grateful for that because of the fact that it has given me the freedom to do those things. But but yeah, it hasn't always been easy. It's like, right. you know, like I've, I've done, like especially when I first moved to LA and it's like all of your expenses are doubling or tripling even, you know? Right. And I'm like, okay, looking at the numbers, like how do I... How do I make this jump? How do I do this? But I just kept going and I just kept trying different things. And then eventually I was like, I found live streaming and eventually I found this form of content. And I eventually found these things and those started like paying a lot of money too. So I was like, oh, there is a way to do it. I just, I just feel like I never gave up on it, I guess mm-hmm. is like a short answer. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. Just kind of find a way. You yeah. know, it just, you just kind of find a way there. And there's so many so, ways to make money now, too. That's the thing. Like, so mm-hmm. I just I'm really passionate about that is that, like, if you want to find a way to, like, make money for yourself, there's so many opportunities. We have opportunities more than ever before to make money on social media and on the Internet. So. So do yeah. you um, do you mean by, like, through affiliate type of stuff or uh, like through affiliate anything. marketing type of things? Affiliate okay. marketing, courses, e-commerce, like YouTube, mm-hmm. um, you know, brand deals. Uh, UGC, like user generated content for businesses, you know, people mm-hmm. will pay you to like make a video for their brand. And, you know, right. it's like there's so many ways to generate income now online. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people will do a lot with like even like real estate. That's not necessarily online, but <laughs> there's there's like flexible things that like. I, I don't know. You you can sell um, like jewelry. Like there's just e-commerce, print on demand, merchandise. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot. Like that's mm-hmm. just like what comes to my mind at the top of my head. But um, all that to say, like when there's mm-hmm. a will, there's a way, you know. Right. And I've just always had a will. So I've just always found a way, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And and I think there's there's an important lesson there is ha- having that that kind of grit that that kind of pushes you forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and And sometimes, you know, with artists it's hard to it's hard to find that it can and be so, yeah. yeah and it can be hard to find the bridge between a business mindset and an artist mindset yes you know what i mean it's i know i mean some artists they just it just they can it do it click. yeah but other artists it's it's so hard to switch over like to to think about you know uh taxes and finances and then go okay now i want to create something you know it's know. It, it just 
it, there's some kind of disconnect. So I, I think you're right. Exactly. I just have a weird mind where like there's a blend of like I, there's a part of me that really loves like structure and like, blah, blah, you know, mm. and then there's part of me that's like just like a whoa free like bird, you know, all over the place. So right. I think that helps because I'm able to like blend the two together. Mm. Um, but, you know, a lot of artists get managers for that reason. If they don't, you know, right. if they're not strong on the business side, you get somebody who is. And if like, mm. you know, so because being an artist is such a gift and um, sometimes we forget that. So is that a leap also? like getting a manager to manage that things because i mean the way i think of it it's like you you want to do this art stuff you know and you have all this other stuff that you just really can't pay attention to <laughs> and then, and then so to get a manager you need some source of income for that you know you need to be able to pay for like a manager or someone to to do their job that job for you and so that also seems kind of like a leap you know of some kind Yes and no. So typically managers only get paid when you get paid. Uh-huh. So really you just have to find someone who's willing to trust in you. You know, ah, typically a manager right, right. will like take a percentage of whatever you make. So, okay. you know, when I book a gig, I pay my manager 15% or when I book, you know, a songwriting collab or whatever, then I pay my manager 15% of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and some people have managers that are just over their acting career, just over their music career, just over social media brand deals. Mm-hmm. Or, but like personally, my manager is kind of like a 360, like he helps me in all of the areas. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just about finding, I guess, someone that believes in you and like what you mm-hmm. have to offer enough that they're willing to take a risk and, and stuff like that and see that through. Right. And at the same time, though, to that point, I will say, what what are you doing that makes representing you attractive to somebody else? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's the question I always asked myself before I started hunting for a manager. It was like, what fires can I get started? What balls can I get rolling? Mm-hmm. What things can I start so that when I pitch myself to a manager to represent me, he can see, oh, I could do something with that. I could do something with that. I could amplify that. I could make that better. You know what I mean? So you probably had some kind of website about yourself, like your social media stuff mm-hmm. that you would yeah, present sure. to yeah. A manager to kind of showcase that, right? Mm-hmm. Social media. I had done. I'd done a lot of work with brand deals, and so I I sent him like kind of my what is it like your media kit that tells like your social media stats and what brands you've worked with and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I sent him that stuff. I sent him my Instagram. I sent him my like resume, my demo reel, because again, he's representing me like all all the way across the board. But I I had a lot of things, and I I I just wanted to be. I wanted to be an attractive choice for them mm-hmm. to be like, I, I see the potential and I see what you're doing and I want to make it even better. I want to mm-hmm. amplify what you've already got going. I think a lot of artists like don't understand that necessarily. And they're more like looking for someone, help me, help me, help me, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, no, how can I help you? Like, how can right. I have value to your life and right. make sure that I am a good choice for you? It seems like the marketing degree actually helped <laughs> like a lot <laughs> probably yeah that's a lot probably with the true. art stuff yeah so so maybe there's a lesson there uh, <laughs> sure. go learn some marketing and market yourself yeah that's right? that is true i would mm-hmm. i will say that i don't regret college i don't use you know my degree but i think i use well, some of the skills <laughs> yeah right you, you kind of do <laughs> yeah. so so that's great uh so what about what about like the times that it just seems because this happens all the time where we're going along, not just on our projects, but just being an artist in general. I think you constantly have the, this doesn't look like as working out, hmm. you know, entering in your brain. And, uh, for many it's, it's crippling, you know, and yeah. for others, they find a way past it. So, uh, what do you do in those situations? And if there, if there's any specific situation that uh, you can think of, uh, would you share that with us? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 
Of course, there there is a there is a mindset that this is a hard industry. There is a mindset that there's a lot of competition, that it's really difficult or that like, oh, I'm just never going to make it. And I would be lying to you if I said I never had those thoughts from time to time. Mm-hmm. But the truth is I I decided a long time ago that it didn't matter and that good things happened to me. And that's like I'm, I don't say that to sound arrogant or anything like that, but it was a decision I made that that everything goes like everything's working out in my favor, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like I'm a huge believer in like manifestation and like energetic things and like the way that we can um create a mindset about something because our mind is so powerful. The truth is we are most of the time we're telling ourselves a story. Even the idea that art is hard or that it's hard to make money, that's still a story that we have heard somebody else say and then believed and then repeated and then now it's a belief, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a story and a, a belief is just a story you've heard enough times that you've started to like identify with it so strongly that you believe it. And so I chose a long time ago, well, I don't like I don't believe that, you know, I don't believe that it has to be difficult. I don't believe that I have to work for somebody else. I don't believe any of that stuff. Like, I believe that this everything's working out for me in the best way possible. Does that mean I'm going to get everything I want in the way that I want it? No, that means I have to be detached and let go and allow things to flow to me and know that um, everything's working out in my favor. And the opportunities that are meant for me are always going to be mine. They're mm. always going to find me. And I'm not just sitting on the couch, like twiddling my thumbs, like, hmm, yeah, cool. And something great going to drop into my lap. Like I'm out there doing stuff and working on projects and creating things. And then if the things that I put my time and energy don't work out, it's almost like I've created an energetic currency, though, that something else. Sometimes I put like so much time and energy to something and it doesn't go anywhere. And then like the next week, something else comes from left field or that's my right <laughs> comes from right field <laughs> somewhere else somewhere off, the, off from the side. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, I didn't even see that coming. Where'd that come from? But it's like, oh, you, you did do a lot of work. Might have been in a different area, but you created that momentum and something. The energy came anyways, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that's not to get like woo woo spiritual, because I get that a lot of people don't really necessarily believe in that. But that's my personal belief system is that um, that we Yeah, I believe so strongly in the power of your mindset. I believe so strongly in the power of energy that you're creating, the energy that you're putting out. Mm -hmm. And people can feel desperation. They can feel when you're like, please, 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 Please. pick me, me, please, pick me. Please, yeah. You know, nobody wants to work with that. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just, I'm a huge believer in that. So I I really think that is great information there. And I, I want to kind of ask so how did you make that change in your mind you you mentioned the change that you made um and so at one point what you you did kind of maybe uh those things kind of affected you those those doubts so uh so how did you change your heart and mind just to move past that yeah that's a good question because i think it's an everyday thing you know Mm. like every day I still I like I've worked very hard on changing my stories, changing my beliefs, changing the way that I view the world. And even now, sometimes I, I have to catch a story. And I'm like, well, that was a story. Right. Like that's a story you tell yourself. And we create stories about everything, not just about like film or acting. We create stories about money. We create stories about family. We create stories about religion or politics or people who believe a certain way or like we tell ourselves stories about everything and so the question that I asked myself back then and that I continue to ask myself today is like which which stories am I telling myself and are these stories true are these stories serving me and are they not and a lot of times they're not (laughs) 
And so then it's like a daily practice. I, I work really heavily with like affirmations. I write affirmations. This is so funny, but I listen to subliminals at night while I sleep. And this is a big part of how I changed my story with money because I didn't grow up with money. I grew up in a very like my family struggled a lot. My parents got divorced. We had like no money after that. We were living on government assistance, food stamps, Bishop's storehouse. We had nothing. I am not someone who came from money. And so I had a really really scarcity mindset regarding money, especially as an artist. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to choose. But, but the reality is, is like nothing is set in stone. Like maybe that's what I've experienced up until this point. But why can't I make a decision or why can't I make something with my life that changes that right now, today? And so, of course, these are like, you know, years of beliefs that you had wired in for so long. It takes time to unlearn them. But I like when I'm sleeping, I listen. Even now I do it every night. I listen to subliminals that will like kind of repattern because it's the idea is that you're I can't remember the statistic and I don't want to get it wrong but I think something like 80% of what we do every day mm-hmm. is operated by our subconscious mind. And so mm-hmm. if we alter the state of the subconscious mind then we can alter our conscious mind. Right. And so when I listen to subliminals and when I listen to this reprogramming and I do these affirmations I'm fixing my subconscious mind so that my conscious mind is able to also operate well. Mm-hmm. Um Anyways, so that, that's like a that's kind of how I do things. Is it's like an intentional choice. It's about changing your mindset, recognizing the stories you tell yourself, and um, becoming aware of them. That's the first step, really, because we're right. not even aware of like all the stories we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, even things like I think about things, sayings that are so harmful, like "money doesn't grow on trees" or like "life is short." Like, why would you ever say that? Hmm. <laughs> why would you ever tell yourself that story? Like, yeah. life is long. Life is wonderful. Life is beautiful. Life gives me so many awesome opportunities. And money is abundant and money is so easy and money flows to me and, like, all of these things. If you can choose a story, why not tell yourself the better one? Yeah. So That's my soapbox. <laughs> no, that's good. No, that's really good. Yeah, I think I get stuck in that loop of, this isn't working out. I'm not making enough money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, why don't I just start telling myself, hey... There's more money out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's money in, in what you're doing. There's you, so you much can feed money. You, you can feed your family on this. I'll, I'll just keep telling me. <laughs> Absolutely. That, so. Because we don't, like, the mind is so powerful. And even if just changing that one belief of, like, I can feed my family on this, if you really were to, like, adopt that belief, and for me, mm-hmm. the beliefs that I struggle with, if I really were to adopt these beliefs at my core, what actions would change? Like, what, what opportunities would open up? Like, mm-hmm. things, it's just, yeah, I just... I I have a testimony of that because I have seen it so powerfully happen like in my life. So mm-hmm. anyways, I could talk about that for days. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Don't get me great. started. <laughs> it's great. So, uh, I mean, what what advice would you give to a musician or a, uh, an actor or actress that's, that's starting out today? I mean, they've, they've got a, lo- a lot ahead of them. You've, mm-hmm. you've gone through a, a, quite a bit of it. So what, what advice would you give to them? That's a great question. Um, for one, this is like the most basic thing that everyone says, but like know your why. Why are you doing this? Because mm-hmm. because you're choosing a career that is like the Olympics, you know, it's not an overnight success. It's it's like a it's like a lengthy, you know, thing. Understand why you're so passionate about it and what is driving you. Otherwise, because you need that when when things get hard or when you have those moments of doubt or when you have those like I cannot tell you how many things I have auditioned for that I have never booked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things I have loved, things I've wanted so badly, didn't get them. And if I didn't know strongly enough, like, why I want to do this, I probably would have given up a long time ago. So be very sure about your why. Um, yeah. So what is your why? I, 
have the strongest desire to be a positive light in media. Like that is the simplest way to mm-hmm. summarize it. But I I want to be I want to be an example. I want to be someone that brings light into a, a film set or light into the music industry and I want to be someone that um makes the world a better place. And media is one of the most powerful ways to do that. You have such right. a huge impact. Media is it's it's in everything. Music is everywhere. Film is everywhere. Like I like I was just in Asia for 2 months and I couldn't believe and I've traveled other places, but specifically in Asia, the amount of like American music or like American mm-hmm. film that makes it to all of these other countries is just like, wow, you can make a difference through media. You mm-hmm. can tell a really powerful story, story through media. And so that is why I have I have really remained close to like media and, and what I want to do with it, you know, mm-hmm. and I've brought that into my social media. Like I just I want to be someone that people can relate to. I want to be someone that helps people feel seen, um, that helps them move through challenges, you know? And, um, yeah, that really means a lot to me. So that's why I do it. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think that's a good, a a very good thing to think about. Why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's fun. (laughs) It's so fun. Right. Yeah. So fun. But, uh, but yeah, I I think that's something that we could, we could all probably, probably reflect on and just find a bit more, in it to help drive us forward. Yeah. So Kelsey, what, what's next for you? What's, what's on the horizon? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, exciting things. Uh, is it okay if I say one more thing about that too? Oh yeah, go right ahead. Mm -hmm. I just also wanted to add, because this is something that's coming up now, is that, um, to not be afraid of rejection and to not be afraid of like changing paths. You know, Mm -hmm. I, again, rejection, I've been told no so many times. And if you let the nose knock you down, You'll stop, you know, Mm -hmm. so be okay with being told no, being okay with it not working out, be okay with letting go and also be okay with um, changing what you think you want. You might do this for a little while and then think, actually, I don't think I want to do this. And right. that's, that's okay. Right. You know, like we, yeah. I, if I, I've tried so many things in my life. I've tried so many things that didn't work out, didn't work out, didn't work out, but I tried them mm-hmm. and that's great. You know what I mean? So if I, if I could tell someone who's just starting their career in art and film or music or whatever, it's like, try it all, be okay when it doesn't work because mm-hmm. it's going to help you find the one that does or the thing that does or the, mm-hmm. the vein that works for you. So right. Um, anyways. And, and really quick, I, I know this is going to extend the podcast a little bit, but, uh, do you think it's ever too old to start? Never. No. Yeah. There's, there's always some kind of opportunity for any age group to start in this. I would say so. I mean, even, even the idea of like age is a story, right? That we're mm-hmm. limited by our age. Like that's a belief. That's a story. It's, it doesn't have to be true. And I think there are people that <laughs> I was just talking with my friend on the phone about this. Like there's a woman who started her business at like age 50 and mm-hmm. she's like has a multi-million dollar business now. And she didn't start until she was like maybe even like 55. Like I think she was mid 50s. Mm-hmm. And there's no it's never too late. There are always people who are going to need what you have. Mm-hmm. And this is so cheesy again, but there's nobody who's you like there's nobody who offers the unique perspective and take that you do. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what phase of life you're in or what phase you're not in or whatever. Like you will find people that want to hear from you that will connect with you because they're probably in a similar place. Mm-hmm. 55 year old woman who starts a business and makes a million dollars. I bet you she's inspiring other 55 year old women who want to start a business and make a million dollars. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And so, um, yeah, that's that's my belief towards it anyways. So. Well, that's awesome. Um, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, this has been a really insightful uh, for, for me, for everyone that's listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, 
And uh, just really quick before uh, before I send us off, uh, where where can people find your stuff? Yeah, um, I would love to connect with anybody on social media. My um, Instagram is at Kelsey Marie Edwards, and that's pretty much everywhere. You can find me on TikTok. YouTube is just Kelsey Edwards, but um, pretty much everywhere. If you search Kelsey Edwards or Kelsey Marie Edwards, you'll find me. And um, yeah, I would love to. I would love to stay in touch. I um, I have like. I work a lot with girls, like I said. That's one of my big passions is just helping teen girls and um, helping them learn how to develop self-confidence and develop self-love and stuff like that. So I have some online courses for teen girls that you can find on my Instagram if you have a teenage daughter. Um, I want to inspire girls to follow their passions and live their dreams and to love themselves and have the confidence to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, find me on social media. And uh, I'm also Spotify, uh, Apple Music, anywhere you want to listen to my music, mm-hmm. on all platforms. Um so. Pretty much just Google Kelsey Edwards. <laughs> It'll come you'll up. find all the stuff. <laughs> It'll come up. K-E-L-S-E-Y. Yeah, you'll you'll find it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. Uh, for those of you listening, make sure that you check out all of our other shows. Uh, we're in the 20s now, probably approaching 30. We're, we're getting quite a few episodes. There's so much information on here, so many good stories, good ways to, to get past those, you know, those difficult times and to find inspiration for good ones. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Path of Art. If you or someone you know is creative and would like to tell your story, reach out to me at rmeeks at ksl.com. I might feature you on the show. If you liked our conversation, please make sure you follow the show and give us a five-star rating and review. It really does help people to discover the show. Also, make sure you follow The Path of Art podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.